Welcome to Home Education Matters, the weekly podcast supporting you on your home education journey. Hello and welcome to Home Education Matters and today I'm joined by Leanne Abram and we are going to be talking about online schooling and it's a bit of a polarizing topic online schooling because for some home educators it is the opposite of what they consider home education to be which is all about freedom and flexibility and autonomy of learning but for other parents it's a real lifeline when you're home educating to have something structured that you can sit your child down in front of especially if you work or if you have younger children so I thought I would bring in an expert on online schooling and that is Leanne because Leanne has a directory of online schools so there's nothing she doesn't know about it so here we are bigged her up so now Leanne you can tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh lovely thank you Eleanor delighted to be here so um, I'm the founder of Witch Online School which you've said is a directory of online schools started uh, about two years ago idea came to me as I saw a rapidly growing number of schools and how do parents make sense of what each provider offers. Uh, I'm not a business person, I'm not an entrepreneur, I'm a qualified teacher with experience of working in online schools. But this idea came to me, decided to run with it. I think at the start there was about 15 schools on there. We're now up to uh, 40 plus. So yeah, it's uh, it was growing then and it's it's yeah, it's grown remarkably uh, in the last two years. It really is growing, isn't it? It's a really mm-hmm. expanding market. And I'm assuming that's because during COVID, uh, everybody had their learning online or the children had their learning online. And so parents now see this as something more of a viable option. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, obviously, schools provided uh, online education during lockdown, but it wasn't the same as what you would experience in an online school. And in fact, many parents did switch to online education during this period just to give the children some stability. And then of course, some stayed and uh, and some returned to to physical schools. But yeah, it's, it's grown incredibly over the last two years. What would you say is the main difference then between the lockdown learning, if you like, and online schooling? What would you say is the main the main difference there? Uh, having experienced both as a teacher, I, I think it's the, the structure that you are providing. An online school is, is set up to provide learning via an online platform. Uh, so they'll have the technology. Um, they will have, yeah, basically everything is, is set up to make sure that um, learning is taking place in that setting. Whereas in a physical school, it just it, it didn't work like that. It got better. Most definitely. I think as time went on, um, teachers became more able to adapt to delivering learning online. But um, yeah, the two were very, very, are very, very different. I think as well, the online schools, obviously the teachers that they bring in are used to delivering content online. Whereas during lockdown, a lot of teachers, quite old school teachers were suddenly thrown into this world of Zoom and headphones and, you know, meetups and Uh, breakout rooms and all these things that actually strike fear of God into a lot of us. Mm. I think a lot of teachers really struggled with moving from the classroom into online learning. Yeah, I think probably I'm quite tech savvy. So for me, 
it didn't pose much uh, difficulty, but yeah, absolutely agree. Uh, for some teachers, it was yeah, really did strike the fear of God of God into them. And and as I say, things like lessons that are set up to deliver in an online uh, in a physical classroom, then to make that switch to make that you know that learning still um, take place in an online setting, it it can be very very difficult. And there was a period of adaptation. Teachers did do it, you know, absolutely they did, and uh, it did get better, but. An online school is it is set up to deliver learning that way, and there are so many different ways that that can take place. Not just, for example, via Zoom. There are other ways that the learning can be delivered. So, um, parents did switch to online schools. Some did, um, from my own experience, having w- working in an online school during um, the start of the pandemic, and. Uh, they wanted that stability. They wanted the children to continue with their education as uninterrupted as possible and some some did stay uh, when schools reopened because they felt actually the offer uh, was better for their child than returning to a physical setting. I think a lot of parents did really like it because it allowed them uh, that flexibility of flexibility and continuity and I know that actually I did a podcast with a teacher who's just moved into becoming a tutor or um, a couple of years ago. And she was saying that a lot of teachers now, when they went back into the school environment, found it really quite limiting. And actually, once they got into online learning, they thought, well, why are we having to go into school every single day? Why can we not do flexi time? Why can we not have some of the classes from home? And actually, I, I sometimes hope and think that this may actually be the future where it's, it, you know, where we learn online. I've, I've noticed on LinkedIn there was a discussion the other day. A teacher who works in a physical school had posed the question about, you know, why can't we have a hybrid form of learning in schools? You know, where it works for the children that learn better via online methods versus those that prefer prefer a physical setting. Why can't we we mix it up? And there was a lot of difference in opinions. Um, but certainly, for for me personally, I. I I, I just enjoy teaching. So for me, it doesn't necessarily matter where I am as long as I'm, you know, in that role. But I do think online, you, you get through content a lot quicker. There's more opportunities to to pull out the learning, I think. The class sizes are smaller, which is uh, makes, you know, a, a major difference. Um, and you, you do have that ability to sort of be able to see what students are doing at every moment. Is that how you can make sure a child is engaged? Because I would think that one issue, because I taught very briefly before I could like run to the hills and never <laughs> do it again. But um, I, I I found that it was quite difficult with a class of 40 to make sure that everybody was on task. But you could do it. You, you know, you could eyeball them. And I wonder whether online that that's a bit of a challenge, because, I mean, what's to stop them putting their screen, you know, turning their screen off or pausing their screen? I'm sure they're very tech savvy, these teenagers, and then just going and playing Fortnite or something. Well, I would have said a few years ago, I think that that was, that was possible. But the way that the technology is developed now within online schools, you, you have the ability to do a report at the end to see actually how, how engaged were they. You can see um, in some particular software, there is a little circle that will tell you if they are actually engaged. For example, you, I don't know if you're familiar with Teams, but you've got this sort of away, I'm away at the moment, the orange circle, which shows that you haven't moved your mouse for a little while. Um, so there is a lot of, of ways. And of course, it is down to the teacher, as you would do in a physical classroom. It's about trying to get their attention 
calling out the name are you are you there um sending them a you know a private message uh, so the rest of the class can't see and of course if you don't get those responses then you can you can pick that up um later but i do i do think it it, it does provide more opportunities it has its limitations there's no doubt about that and and certainly that interaction with students as you said the ability to meet them with eye contact um can be more difficult but I really enjoy teaching online yeah and actually when you were just describing that I mean we are going to get on to the pros and cons of online schooling but as you were describing that that a teacher could send a private message to a pupil and just sort of say uh you know everything all right there because you're not really saying very much and actually how much nicer that is than in school where you know back in my day you'd get a blackboard rubber thrown at your head but obviously more recently <laughs> yes <laughs> quite times have changed but but even even in modern classrooms you can't actually subtly or privately do that the most you could do is go up to them and whisper in their ear and realistically you know you don't really have time for that so actually yeah. it's quite nice that there is that ability but but for today's for today's podcast we're going to be defining what is and isn't an online school we're going to be talking about the pros and cons of online schooling and then we're going to be also asking Leanne what to look out for when you're choosing an online school so that's what that's the the, the sort of main structure of today's podcast so let's move on to defining an online school because I would have thought that with all the variety of provision now it must be quite difficult to decide who makes it onto your online schools directory yeah when I embarked on this, it was very much about British education, curriculum, online school. Um, and then as I explored the space further, I noticed that, you know, there are distance learning home education uh, websites offering essentially a full time education for young people, but not necessarily with that interaction of live lessons. So I did expand it, um, which online school any method of learning online i think first of all sums it up it's not a website for tutoring services because that's not one-to-one no no Mm -hmm. schools may well offer that as an additional service uh but no it's it's not a, a website for tutoring there are so many other websites that you can visit to to find a tutor um it's those that are providing the option of either a full-time education or a part-time education to supplement perhaps what's already happening in the home. Um, As I said, I did at at first want it to just be about British curriculum education, but as time has gone on and the online space has grown and I've learned more about what parents want, what is available, uh, we now have opened up the website to offer uh, alternative curriculum provision. Um, uh, The website, is in development because things are just changing so rapidly but um yeah any any provider that's offering online schooling whether it's distance learning or a, a, in, a, in live lessons um albeit in a, a part-time or full-time capacity what about the variety of curriculum subjects that they offer for me an online school in my mind would be offering like the, the full curriculum but I'm assuming that from from what you mentioned that you maybe you have somebody who just offers one or two subjects but offers them as a as a distance learning provider or, or is it more is there a broader sweep I would say a broader sweep yeah I'm trying to avoid sort of individual teachers that perhaps just offer maths and English it's yeah a broad sweep of, of subjects definitely 
And what about pre-recorded versus live? You mentioned that that there's that there's a kind of variety of mm. offerings. So you have people that provide just videos that map the curriculum, and then you have people that provide uh, you know, online um, live classes through the day, I'm guessing, and anywhere in between, I'm assuming. Yeah. Um, so live lessons in on the website, we have four different categories, fully interactive, which we liken to basically a physical school experience, but online. Then we have live lessons, which is timetable lessons where you just log on to a virtual platform at a particular time and, uh, and take part in the lesson. We've got hybrid, which is becoming incredibly popular, which is a mix of self-study and live learning. So you get the balance of both. And then we've got distance learning. Um, and some do, I haven't come across any providers that, in, whether they're fully interactive, hybrid or offer live lessons that don't record so that's always an option. Um, so even the live are basically recorded because you yeah. can always get the recording. Mm. Yeah, there are a couple of providers that offer live lessons, but they do also offer the ability to um, watch a recording of a teacher delivering learning, but the, there is no interaction. So it's just a pre-recorded a pre-recorded lesson, and that's an add-on to to what they offer in terms of the live lessons. I know when I was looking at, at courses for my children when they were a little bit younger, I always wanted ones that had a recording that was sent out after the event if, if they happened to be live classes. Yeah. Because so often, particularly when you home educate, there's so many groups and things that you go to. And that was always a priority for us. And I was never going to not let them go to a group because they happened to have a, a class on. And so it was very nice for me to be able to have the recordings. And actually, most most now do that. But there was a time when I first started, you know, like seven seven, eight years ago when you it, you really struggled to get the recordings. You had to specifically ask. And then they were like, oh, I can record it for you. And, and it was it was always a bit of a faff. But it's really it's nice to have that flexibility when you home educate because you are often out and about during the school day, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The flexibility uh, and they are pretty much just instantly downloaded onto a platform and they are, you know, they are there. And also if you miss the lesson due to ill health, due to attending um, other, other activities, you can watch it back, but also it makes for great revision material, particularly, you know, for when you're about to embark on your examinations. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm supposing, I'm guessing that some of them have, offer homework that's marked and some of them maybe don't. And that depends again on how interactive and, and how and how expensive they are as well, I suppose. Yeah, ex exactly. So a, a fully interactive school would be providing a service like you would get in a physical school. So there will be assignments. Uh, sorry, I should say sometimes schools refer to themselves as just live learning or hybrid, but really they are offering a fully interactive experience. And this is one of the things that we're trying to get feedback on to develop the website further, because really it's quite there isn't a great deal of difference in some cases between them but um a fully interactive or a school that is offering what a physical school would do would always provide assignments you'll be able to contact a teacher if you need help you'll have access to the uh, lessons you will probably have access to some form of extracurricular activities that you can take part in some may pretty much just offer a timetabled lesson that you log on to you take part in the lesson and uh and that is that and then you may perhaps pay additionally for tutoring or something to to complement that live lesson but increasingly what i'm finding is that the 
live lessons will come with some level of, of checking learning is taking place and you mentioned alternative curriculums that you're mm. now bringing in so can you give us some examples of alternative schools that you have on your on your directory yeah absolutely so we've got a provider that is offering advanced placement um so oh, at the american system correct yes yes which um i'm not i'm not going to um pretend to be an expert but i it is basically it's offering additional um exploration of subjects beyond perhaps what you would get in your normal um curriculum and i apologize for any listeners that um if, I, if i've got that wrong but the we've actually uh, we've actually done a podcast on ap's so if anybody oh, is interested yeah. in finding out more about advanced placement exams which is um what quite a lot of students who follow the high school diploma do Correct. they're basically half of an a level but they equate to a full a level but they're half of an a level study and time so it takes about a year but we have a we have a podcast um that that is all about ap's and it's a very interesting alter, alternative route into university isn't it ap's yeah i think i need to uh, have a listen to that podcast <laughs> eleanor <laughs> but uh, certainly uh, we've got ap um we've got what else what else do we have we have a provider um that is offering um, I couldn't really explain what it is, but it, it's basically like the Spanish equivalent um, of a, would say, a high school diploma. Um, yeah, so that's quite quite an interesting one. We've got what else? Oh, international baccalaureate, um, and um, and just about to put another one on the website that is offering uh, the American high school diploma internationally to students. So majority are offering british curriculum education but there is more now that are coming on board that 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 don't and i just think that makes for you know a much more diverse array of providers that gives parents more options nice i mean the ib i know the international baccalaureate i know that there's one online school that have launched that i think is it king's correct yes yeah, yeah and i have to say i mean they are very expensive for the IB. I, I can't even remember how much it was, but I remember looking at it and wincing. I was like, wowza. It was like astonishing for the IB. However, I'm a massive IB fan. Um, my children are now too far sort of down, down the road to switch to IB, but I, I think the IB provision is lovely. And actually, I really like the high school diploma route. My daughter's doing yeah. the high school diploma and it's a nice route. Okay, that's so, so parents who perhaps aren't really sure or just want to see what the options are they can go on to your directory and they can just browse the different offerings and think oh do you know what that you know the IB that really suits my child and I've got tons of cash um <laughs> or the high school diploma that also suits my child and I maybe don't have tons of cash so that's yeah. good so they've got their different offerings okay so let's have a little chat about the pros and cons of online schooling because as a seasoned home educator I have been brought up in the home education world to believe that online schools aren't really home education because they are I, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you with some of the cons in my mind they are expensive they replicate school which can be quite difficult if you've taken your child out of school because obviously they're just replicating school which can be quite triggering if your child has struggled academically in school or struggles to engage with learning in school you take them out you put them in an online school no you're just moving the problem into your home flexibility you you're the one of the good things about home ed is that you're very flexible about 
going with your child's learning oh look they love dinosaurs this week let's do dinosaurs oh oh wow they want to learn about penicillin we're doing a penicillin week and you lose some of that flexibility i would say that autonomy of learning that gets taken away because you, you, the child is um basically following a system so they're not they don't wake up and think okay what do i need to do today i'm going to schedule in my lessons i'm going to think about what i need to do and how i'm going to achieve that they perhaps have some of the choice taken away because when you home educate, you can choose all sorts of different curriculum subjects, you know, astronomy and environmental management, travel and tourism. I mean, there's wacky subjects that, that <laughs> you're able to take as an external candidate. Um, and also some of the socializing, because a lot of the lessons take place during the day, uh, particularly with some of the live classes, as I, as I mentioned, if you've got home ed meetups, they're also during the day. So that can impact on opportunities for socializing. So I, I feel like that's, I feel like I've hit you with a lot of cons. So feel free to come back at me on any of those or start listing the, the positives. And let's have a, let's have a kind of back and forth about. Yeah, no cons. problem. Um, I think you, you raised some uh, important some cha real challenges there. And I, and I, and, you know, I, I agree that they can pose problems but I think understanding the online space as it is now um some of those can can be overcome um I have sort of immersed myself in the home education space over the about the last five six months to better understand it if I'm going to provide a platform uh, for parents an impartial free platform I might add um but it, it's important that I understand um some of the the types of challenges the questions that home educating parents um will ask I think one of the first ones um maybe we'll just go straight on to this one is the cost um it, what it's one of the things that I've not been able to sufficiently demonstrate yet on the platform because no school is charges like for like some charge per annum, some charge um, by subject or by course or by week. And it, it, it was incredibly complex. We are currently trying to, to work out how we do that, because I do think you don't want your child's education to come down to a cost. But the reality is, is it, it will do. And to be able to go onto the platform and actually search via cost is really important. Um, it's you know, it's cheaper than private education. It's a form of private education. It's certainly cheaper than attending a, a private physical school. Um, some of the prices, um, you know, I, I think it is possible if you don't need a, a full sort of day's education week by week and you just want to cherry pick some of those subjects that perhaps you can't deliver yourself at home, just might not be possible, um, then, you know, you may opt to do some additional uh, lessons, I don't know, in maths or science and then um, and the rest then you've still got that flexibility at home you have reduced the cost um so somewhat uh, i'm guessing that parents use um tutors well I, I, from my own uh knowledge from you know being in the various uh, social media groups now you know tutoring is can be in some cases as expensive as per, you know yeah particularly when you get to GCSE and you know take a big gulp a level tutoring oh, well yeah so on cost um just to give some idea um a leading online um school for primary education probably charging somewhere around about 3200 per annum a newly emerged online school so I was looking at some that have sort of just 
uh, emerged in the last six months, about 2,600. So there is this a is diff- about monthly. This is like through about 300, right? About 300 yeah. a month. Okay, yeah. that's for primary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, GCSE, somewhere between 4,000 for a newly emerged uh, online school, leading online school, probably up to about 5,300. But some don't charge like that. Some just charge one set fee, and it is more um, than five, you know, for GCSE. Um, it could be the same for primary, secondary. A level, so it it really is difficult to quantify. But I do think that there are some there, there is provision out there that, as you've just said, it's around about three hundred pound a month. Which uh, I've had a couple of parents contact me, and they were looking for providers around two hundred pound a month. Um, and as as I, as I realised, the website currently doesn't offer the ability to just put that in. Uh, and it, you know, I find it difficult, and I know where to look for all the schools because I have a whole list hard. of them. It's incredibly difficult, um, you know, to sort of signpost parents. I, I should add at this point, I, I do. it is important to me that the website is impartial and that I don't direct parents to a particular school. It's a free website. I'm not paid, um, you know, it, this is something that I've embarked upon to um you know to share with parents what is available um but i will help parents to signpost them to several providers that then they can obviously do their extra research to determine but yeah i find it really difficult um and i know where to go for the information so incredibly tough for parents for schools that perhaps are just um, offering self-study courses, if you only wanted to do one GCSE, I've seen them as little as £300, but then you've, well, you'll be familiar because your son does self-study, but uh, it's probably email exchanges, maybe telephone communication, uh, which clearly works really well for your son, but for those that perhaps need that extra motivation, uh, live lessons for one GCSE can be about £800 a year. So, mm. Wow. I've not come across any that much, but I suspect they are out there lurking. <laughs> normally, I think GCSEs normally cost anything between three and five hundred yeah. per GCSE. Actually, I've seen them around six hundred. So anything between three and six hundred per GCSE. So realistically, if that's one year's worth of study, you know, you could break that down, and and actually three hundred even 400 a month is not actually that disastrous if you're getting mm. if you want to do lots of GCSEs obviously you don't need to do more than about six or maybe maximum seven GCSEs yeah. and I think a lot of parents they get they they feel that they need to do as many as schools do which is like 10 or 11 or something but actually schools do that many just to make sure that they they're like it's like it's like a kind of um safety net yeah, exactly. I was going to say a crapshoot, but I'm not sure if that's the right term. Yeah. But basically where they just fire as much as possible at it in the hope that they a few get over the net. Um, and obviously when you home educate, you can just really focus and just do six Absolutely. or seven. Are there online schools that allow that kind of flexibility where you can just choose? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, the, the two options that I shared for the sort of range of primary fees and secondary fees, you you will find that most online schools don't. If, if they offer a package, which is the two that I shared with you, um, it will probably be the core subjects and then a choice of two, three, of four others, basically, as, as exactly you've just said. Um, but then, of course, you do have the option of studying additional subjects if you want to. Of course, that costs extra. 
I think when you home educate, sometimes it's very nice to know that you're ticking off the basics of like maths, English, science, for example. I think it's very reassuring, especially if I'm not very good at maths and I found maths quite stressful to teach because I just wasn't confident in it. And that's why I ended up getting tutors. And ultimately, if you start getting a tutor around about 12, age 12, 13 to get your child through GCSE, which is what I've had to do with my daughter, who's also not not a big fan of maths. That's a lot of money over four years. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I think just to add on to that, it, you know, it does provide the structure perhaps for those parents that you know are less confident with um, home education. Sorry, I'm moving on now, um, Eleanor. Well, let's move on. Let's, shall we counter some more cons? Mm. Can you yeah. remember all the ones I fired at you? I did, my... I did yeah, I did, I did make a, a note of a few. Um, so we, We've got the, you know, replicating school, um, which, you know, I think that that is is an important point. Um, And that will be, I suppose, if you did take your child out of school, what were the reasons uh, for doing that? Um, My son didn't get into his first choice uh, school many, many years ago, his secondary school. did eventually get him in on appeal, but it was quite a a worrying time. And we looked at private education. It was really, it was really upset me the the choice that he was given wasn't right for him um I think if online education had been around then it never even entertained my mind to home educate him I must be honest um I probably would have considered putting him in an online school um so I think it does depend on the reasons that you've taken your child out and what it is that the online school is offering that um either makes it I guess better or different to to that um yeah so I think that's that that would be the first first thing why what are the reasons why why you did that of course if it's because they weren't getting the right level of support if um one of the benefits of online schools is some uh, are very much focused on being um therefore neurodiverse learners many many others focus on uh, on that um so if that was a reason uh, that they weren't getting that level of support in school you may find that an online school is better able to um, provide for them I was going to ask you about that actually because are there are there particular providers that can specialize in for example autism or children with ADHD and can they search for that through your directory Yes, they can. Uh, So, yes, there are several providers that very much are um, focused on being a provider for children that are neurodiverse or do have other uh, needs. And on the website, again, development um, needed, but it's it's, at the moment it's just marked as SEN. I'm not happy with that. And that's something that we're going to be developing, but it will bring up a list of providers um, that, that offer that provision. That's good to know. Okay, what about the idea that uh, socially it, it limits you socially because it removes some of that flexibility about when you can learn and when you can go to home ed groups and things like that? I think we've already touched on one, haven't we, about the fact that um, if it's a self-study course, well, of course, you you decide to at what point you want to pick that study up. So it's self-paced, isn't it? If it's um, live learning then pretty much everything is recorded and attendance at an online school isn't like attendance at a physical school where they have to meet the the target um it's it's about making sure that 
the learner has access to the materials and that when it is uh, suitable for them that they can catch up with with it and of course the teachers uh, will be there checking if the material has been has been done but and there is ex, you know the, the the amount of time that is given to be able to complete the work it's not a sort of treadmill are there socializing opportunities within the online school system yeah oh absolutely yeah i think that's a real concern for many parents that their child's sort of just going to be sat at the computer all day um and there is limited opportunities first of all there is opportunities within the if, if you're choosing a school that offers live learning within the virtual classroom, you have a chat box, there will be breakout rooms which um, support group work, you could have discussion forums, but so many schools now are offering, um, you know, additional uh, ways for children to uh, socialise with one another outside of the classroom, so different types of clubs, you have play rooms or common rooms that you can go in at break and lunchtime, and now some recognise that it's not just about what they have during the day every day, but it'd be really great if they could actually meet their peers physically at some point throughout the year, which I guess is probably similar to home education groups that meet. Um, and so it's that offering that provision for children to be able to meet up, I don't, whether it's at the end of every term, whether it's once a year, but just providing that, yeah, that, that level of um, socialisation, which granted it's not the same as, being in person with somebody every single day but certainly they can build relationships and friendships um online so almost like a like a little residentials that they meet up on occasion yeah nice. school, school trips do that yeah school, do that. there are schools that offer that and again that's another feature of the website is at the moment you would just filter on extracurricular activities so that's very generic it could be that they offer um, a debating one school has been recognised as extracurricular, but perhaps all they offer is a debating club. So again, it's down to the parent to do the research on what extracurricular activities are available um, outside of the academic timetable for their child. But it's a good starting point. What about the um, my issue with choice, subject choice, and the fact that as a home educator, we can do all these amazing wacky GCSEs? What about, yeah. I mean, are there any that, for example, offer things like astronomy or environmental management or, or IGCSEs? I'm assuming most of them offer IGCSEs, yes. Yeah, but lots of additional uh, choices too. So I, a few things I've, I've picked out that are now quite widely on offer, uh, computer science, coding. Uh, you've got one provider that's now offering a BTEC in eSports. Uh, a whole range of languages that perhaps you wouldn't, um, you know, ordinarily get access to Arabic, Latin, and then things like you, you mentioned some but like health and well-being, financial lit literacy, cooking, um, the provider that I mentioned um, that's offering the equivalent um, to the Spanish curriculum, I think it's called, I can't, I can't remember the name, do apologise, uh, yeah, they offer sort of a cooking um, session, so it's, there is, you know, quite a range now, photography, film studies, astronomy I think I saw one doing a project based on how to live on Mars or something you know so there is all sorts of, of wonderful um there is a lot of choice out there yeah what about when it comes to exams and assessments um for things like the BTEC in esports for example I'm assuming they arrange the assessments and stuff for that do they yeah I believe I think I, I did have a quick look at it and there is a practical element so um yeah so that would be organized likewise 
um, art and music, which um, when I first started working for an online school several years ago, that they were subjects that couldn't be delivered um, at GCSE. So you, you would be able to sort of do them, but not not sit them as a as an actual exam. So now they're they're possible. Um, I think the music you might have to physically be in the UK to do it. I don't think you can do it at an international exam centre. But yeah, the, and we've got now pilots of online examination took place. Um, AQA true. and Pearson, yeah. So um, which for neurodiverse learners, I think is is a positive step forward for learners that don't have access, you know, easy access to um, exam centres. Um, you know, this could be groundbreaking really I, I don't they're not gonna they're not set to replace a physical exam but I think you know if if the need the need is there then um I think it's, it's definitely an option worth exploring wouldn't that be a joy online exams I think they'll come too late for my two but that would have been you know really a game changer actually I mean our nearest exam center uh, was an hour hour and a half away and morning exams were very very difficult because it was in Bristol we always got stuck in traffic you're talking a 6am start to get your child to an exam and you don't need that when you're sitting in an exam you know my two were quite young they were 13 and it's like nobody needs to get up at 6am to sit in an exam it's rubbish so I mean um, lockdown was actually quite nice for us because we were able to do these um, GCSEs online with Zoom and invigilated and they sent the exam paper sealed and you had to open it on the camera and then seal it up again on the camera I mean you can do it you can do it so no one can cheat and it seemed a very nice way of doing it okay so I think my last beef with online schooling was uh, the fact that it takes away the um, chance for the child to take responsibility for their learning to ha- and to have autonomy over their learning and structure it themselves and really take responsibility for what they're doing when. I think there's still a level of a child having to take responsibility and uh, and and have that level of autonomy um, if if it's if it's if it's needed. Um, with online schools, there is, I think, sometimes a, mis- a misconception that parents either a have to be with the child throughout the whole learning uh, day, or likewise they don't need to have any involvement. And I think really, actually, both are true. It's really how much the parent wants to be involved. So, um, with the support from from parents, uh, I think you can still instill an, an amount of independence and autonomy in your child it just uh, may come differently to perhaps how it how it would if it wasn't timetabled lessons at home for example I think one thing that is clear is that I, I feel that there are cons to online schooling but I also think we need to be really more upfront about the positives because I think sometimes in home education we gatekeep home education a lot and we have this sort of idea that we that it should look a certain way and that parents that do it a different way or maybe much more structured mapping the UK curriculum, maybe only do it briefly because they want to put their child back into a school or they didn't get their, the school that they wanted, much like you. I think there's a sense that it's not quite proper home education. And I think I, I'd like to move away from that. And I, I think it's nice to, to be able to have a very broad house when it comes to home education. So I think some of the benefits of online schooling are that if you work, and your child is older, you don't have to sort of facilitate everything for them. It's kind of pre-facilitated by the online school. And similarly, if you have young children, I know quite a few home educators who have four or five children, 
that must be very difficult. I mean, I only have two, but that was quite a juggle. But five, I mean, wow, I don't know. <laughs> so, I mean, the thought that you could actually put the older ones down in front of the laptop and know that they are structured and learning and making their way through a curriculum could, is, is, you know, it really is a relief for some parents. And similarly, if the parent maybe just really doesn't feel equipped to to even facilitate, you know, maybe they have their own mental health struggles or they just very, you know, very much feel low in confidence it's a big ask sometimes to sort of say, okay, you're now responsible for your child's learning. And online schools help a lot with that, don't they? Oh, absolutely. And when you said about parents perhaps not feeling equipped, also we we talked earlier about taking your child out of school and replicating it. For some parents, the option um, has sort of been forced upon them um, sometimes with home education. So um, if you don't feel equipped, if you don't want to um, embark down that road, then online school sort of does solve that problem in in some respects they can provide you know you can you can get depending on how how little or much involvement you want you can sort of get um, accounts where you're able to sort of log in and check what your child's sort of like a shadowing um, account you can have reports of attendance um, involvement engagement in lessons equally if you don't want that um, you you know it's the beginnings of a structured day are there for the child and then you know how, how much you want um to to take a back step or to get more involved will depend of course on, on what your child needs so i mean having counted a lot of my cons and i think i presented as fair fair-mindedly as i can some pros are there any other big benefits that you think of that we haven't covered for online schooling yeah, I think just just a couple. We've sort of touched on on major on the majority of them throughout this uh, discussion. But just to say that um, when it comes to specialist support, we have mentioned about the support that schools can provide uh, in terms of, of neurodiverse learners. And just to, to talk a little bit more about that, you know, if a child is incredibly anxious and doesn't want, um, you know, to be in a class, a physical classroom, um, they can still have that classroom, but online there may be, you know, a camera exemption. They may um, be able to have the microphone off. I mentioned earlier about the ability to message a teacher privately. So it does, they do offer um, a level of support um, that perhaps sometimes isn't um, achievable in a physical classroom or maybe at home uh, as well. So just just to mention that, and there are some very specific providers that um, are specifically for um, children that need that that level of, of support. Um, and just one other, really, um, the accessibility of it. Um, I've come across uh, in my two years now parents that are travelling, parents um, of children that are um, heavily involved in sports, parents of children involved in film and theatre. So it does provide an alternative for them to still have um, access to a curriculum education structured, but um, perhaps not, you know, in a physical school or with them having to take the lead uh, at home. And it also provides for parents and children that want to perhaps have a British education, for example, from overseas. There is a lot of flexibility, different timetables now. Um, parents accessing lessons in the Middle East and from Southeast Asia perhaps previously had to rely on recorded lessons and watch them the following day. Um, now there are schools that are offering different timetables geographically. So it it, it really is, um, 
you know, very, yeah, incredibly flexible, incredibly accessible. So there's UK online schools that offer lessons in different time zones. Correct. Yeah. Nice. That is nice. I mean, I'm obviously, I was a world schooler for years and I'm still in the world schooling community. And I know that mapping across to a curriculum, like a UK curriculum or something like that is, is really popular with world schoolers because there's so much, when you world school, everything is changing all the time and that's wonderful. But sometimes you do want uh, like a certain amount of consistency. And, and I know that we used back back in the day the only available online school that I found was something called Acellus which I think is now called Next Level Homeschool and it was exactly this it was basically you chose like eight subjects or something and it less you know videos lessons videos lessons exercises that kind of thing it was really helpful it's very linear and but it was American and so in the end we we dropped it you know when they when my children got to sort of 11 or 12 because I knew we'd have to go across then to the UK uh, curriculum but there just wasn't anything like that and we liked that sense of structure and sense of consistency that when everything's changing and you're in planes and you're getting trains and you're going to different countries we had that little line of consistency in our learning and we found it really helpful for that yeah absolutely so what sort of things should our should our home educating parents be looking out for when they're choosing an online school so perhaps they've come onto your directory and they're browsing around and they're thinking do you know what like I see that all these schools offering different things, but how do I know if it's a good school? How do how do I know if it's reputable? What what sort of things should I be looking out for, and what are red flags? Yeah. Um, so uh, the first thing to mention is that this space has previously been unregulated, um, and so the UK government recognised that probably around the same time as I recognised there was an increase in the number of online schools. So did uh, the Department for Education. So it's been quite a long process, but they have introduced the online accreditation scheme, um, which some providers are currently going through the process. Um, and that essentially is for a provider. There are, there are specifics and it's a voluntary scheme, but providers can apply to be uh, inspected and um, and then be given this accreditation. And I believe from, uh, I think it was supposed to be around this time, but um, I think things are behind. At some point, the DfE will start to re recommend that parents only use schools that are part of this accreditation scheme. Um, so, yeah. And it's wonderful that it's been regulated in, in some respects because um, it gives parents that are worried about how how they find a suitable online provider. Well, this is a guarantee that that provider is um, is accredited um, and they are reputable um, and that they've been checked uh, for you know various different things. Some providers, I'm aware, are not going to be applying to the voluntary scheme despite the fact that they uh, meet the criteria because they do, they want that um, level of autonomy. And one of the reasons that perhaps they created the school was to move away from from that. So uh, I can I can certainly see uh, both sides. But what I am, I will be making sure is that if the schools that are accredited that they will be uh, recognized on the website I think that's uh, absolutely essential but there are other things that uh, parents can also look out for so there are other forms of accreditation such as being recognized as a Cambridge school um, and then beyond that absolutely essential that they do the uh, checks with other parents um, and, and look at other recommendations um, so we've created uh, an online Facebook group it's 
absolutely impartial. There is no self-promotion from schools, but there are uh, teachers from online schools in the group. Uh, but it is there as a space for parents to ask questions. Um, so that online group may be helpful. There are many other online groups, home education groups. Do your research uh, beyond um, the, the website absolutely must we are looking at putting parent well the parent review function is there uh, and we hope to to get encourage schools to get parents also to uh, put a review on which online school of course you've got trust pilot and then I'd also say check social media uh, you know I think that's a really um, good way of, of gauging what sort of com community um, an, an online school has you know Facebook Instagram um, you know, it's not perhaps about how often they post, but what sort of things do they post? And if they've not been active for a couple of years, um, let me know if they're on the website. I have one parent that did contact me with concerns about an online school. And I have I did remove them from the website because they failed to respond to any of my questions. The parent was concerned about some of the questions that were raised during a discussion with this online school. So I'm. Um, I, yeah, I did remove them because I wasn't confident that they were reputable or not. So yeah, lots of lots of different ways you can check the Charities Commission or um, Companies House. See if, uh, if obviously the UK registered. Some of the providers will not be on there because they are not registered here in the UK. So on the website, um, all the providers that I have had personal contact with, um, you will know that because they uh, their logo. Is, is attached to their school rather than it being a generic placeholder uh, logo of which online school. Okay, so people can come onto your website and they can see the ones that you've had personal contact with and they can search for, through using different criteria and then they can kind of compare and contrast online school provision. Okay, that's really helpful. There is a compare function on the, the website too. So if they've decided on three or four, they can at least do a comparison and sort of see what, what what the differences are between the schools as they work through them. So I think that's been a really helpful look at online schooling and I feel like we've looked at the pros and cons really nicely and what to look for and what actually is an online school what isn't an online school and does it really matter realistically as long as it fulfills the need or the want that you have as a parent so thank you so much Leanne could you tell all our listeners where they can find you so your rep your website is called www.whichonlineschool.com correct Okay. Yeah, and can can we find you on social media that kind of thing? Yeah, we're on Facebook as Witch Online School, and we do have uh, the Facebook group attached to that, which is Online Schools UK. Uh, it's a completely impartial um, Facebook group, and um, it's a safe and inclusive space for anybody to ask any questions about uh, online education. We're also on Instagram too, so yeah, please come and join us. That's great. Well, thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast and letting us know all your expertise when it comes to online schools. Thank you so much, Leanne. It's been lovely having you on. Thanks ever so much for inviting me, Eleanor. Thank you so much for joining us for today's Home Education Matters podcast. See you at the next one. Have a lovely day. Bye.